This is a podcast from Rover. G'day everyone, how are we getting on today? Coming up in just a moment, we look at the Otago-Southland drought that uh, hit farmers in the southern part of the country with Mark Patterson, Otago Federated Farmers President. We will stay with Otago and Southland and catch up with the winner of the FMG Otago-Southland Regional Grand Final, which took place over the weekend. Hugh Jackson coming out victorious. We'll catch up with him and Shane Bird, a good mate from across the ditch, former New Zealand farmer. Now a life coach in Sydney. His life lessons part two continues from his uh, near two decades in rodeo. So Shane Bird in the second part of the programme. But first up today, well, of course, it has been very dry in Otago and Southland, as we know, a few years in a row now. Mark Patterson uh, from the Federated Farmers Otago branch, the president of, he joins us now. G'day, Mark. How's things? Good, thanks, Tom. Yeah, well, luckily we've had some rain, uh, a little bit sort of 30 to 50 mil, uh, depending on where you are through parts of Otago, so that started a recovery process um, at long last. Yeah, exactly. It's been um, it's been a heck of a summer. Drier than the last couple of years, you reckon? Yeah, well, the Neewood data suggests it has, and, uh, you know, uh, Belclutha and Dunedin both recorded the driest ever summers, so, yeah, it's about as dry as it gets in, in those parts of the world. So no declaration of drought, uh, although it must have been getting pretty pretty close. Yeah, I think, I mean, we're not out of the woods yet. There's still a, a fair soil moisture deficit, but um, it would just feel like a wee bit, wee bit late, um, possibly a virtue signal at this stage as opposed to uh, any genuine uh, intent. Yeah, there's been medium-scale adverse events in recent times, though, hasn't there? Yeah, we had two. Well, this is our third uh, dry summer in a row, uh, and... The previous two were medium-scale adverse events, and as I say, this one was drier, but didn't pass that threshold. And I think they've got to sort of tighten that up a little bit, so that's it's not so. I guess anecdotal. There is data there now that they can draw upon um, and precedent. Uh, so yeah, I think maybe that's where they need to take that a little bit when they do a review. Yeah, it does seem a little a little odd. Um, now the uh, the talk, of course, uh, with these topics, Mark, always turns to what the future will hold. When we look at it, this run of uh, dry summers does have some people thinking about uh, climate change and what that could potentially mean, and uh, properties sold into forestry. Yes, certainly. I mean, you know, the I mean, it's no coincidence it was the third year of the Larnina pattern, so that, that was kind of the primary driver of it. But, you know, I think if you talk to most farmers uh, sort of in and around where I am, South Otago anyway, it is uh, trending drier in the summer and it's certainly milder in the winters. So I think there is an underlying pattern there and, you know, there's a lot of talk and analysis going on with within each farm really as to how you respond to that, how you change your farming systems, you know, do you need to do more summer cropping or, you know, uh, have more conserved feed on hand or whatever for, for that summer period as opposed to the winter period where we were um, primarily focused previously? You know, what, what a different grass species that we might, we should be, you know, should we be putting more cockspit, for example, in, in our mixes? So there's all sorts of those things that every farmer will be thinking about on their own individual properties. 
one of the options is, of course, is to uh, to sell up. I read an interesting account of uh, somebody talking about that and saying, well, look, I could quite easily do that. However, um, you know, that's no good for anybody because um, you can create a bit of a domino effect, can't it? Oh, absolutely. And uh, the Cooper Vets have done a, a study on that just um, based off the economic impact of the, the properties that have gone for sale. Uh, an area is so far, and it was quite, I won't quote it uh, off the top of my head because I'll get it wrong, but it was actually pretty material in terms of just our local community. And there's a lot of a lot of moving parts to this because I think there's, a, there's just a cohort of farmers that are just a bit fed up with a lot of change going on, just thinking, well, bugger it, we'll, we'll sell. There's good money out there. Um, you know, so there's a real danger in, in that, uh, and with the you know the rules being so liberal around whole of farm conversions, it's it, it is a real concern, uh, and we do have to get our arms around that particular problem and get it around it pretty quick. Yeah, well, because the thing about it is, of course, that uh, once it happens, there's no going back. Well, that's the thing. Uh, you know, maybe there's been land use change. There's always been land use change, but most of that's from one pastoral endeavour to another or to arable where you can quickly convert back if, if markets change or, or the like. But this is, you're essentially locking up the two rotations uh, at the very minimum, uh, the way the ETS is structured. So, you know, that's, you know, it's two generations basically that, uh, you know, when a tree goes in the ground, it's going to be there for two generations. So we've got to think pretty carefully, very strategically about how we do this. Yeah, exactly. Good point. Mark Patterson, Federated Farmers Otago President, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it.